everyone. Welcome to another installment of the Puck Around Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3. We're here with the boys, Jace Rosen, Stephen Miotto, and boys, hockey's back. Hockey's back. I'd ask how your weeks are doing, but I know they're great because hockey is back. But we'll get into some matchup talk. Uh, how'd you guys do in week one? Couple of wins for the kid over here. I'm doing pretty good in the head-to-head matchups. Not this week, but that's okay. Started off strong. Rotisserie. There's a gentleman in our league that's picked, like I was telling you earlier, Avery, mm-hmm. Malkin, Crosby, Latang, Rust, and Yari. And he is ahead by a mile because of how many goals that Pittsburgh top two lines have been putting up. I, I think it's kind of hilarious, but it's a little frustrating when you see someone already doubling your points in the first week and a half of fantasy hockey because he's picked five Penguins players. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's been good. I'm happy hockey's back. No, but we, we did talk about this yesterday, though. It's it's an interesting strategy, right? You're getting guys who, you know, are, are bona fide point scorers. They are going to do well, but you're also putting your a lot of eggs in one basket. And, you know, you said it yesterday. If he has one, you know, a Saturday night where those guys don't do well, you know, other teams can definitely make up a lot of ground in those nights. Yeah, and, and you kind of – you mess with your man games, right? Like, on one of those, you know, a Saturday or a Thursday or Tuesday where all the teams are playing – you don't have a lot of flexibility to, to get man games. Like I've noticed on a lot of games days where I only have one man, you know, one guy on the bench, he's got three or four because he's got to play all of his Pittsburgh guys. So anyways, it's kind of an interesting strategy. I thought was funny. The highs are high and the lows are very low. You got it. That's how it's going to work. That's hockey, baby. Mm -hmm. How was your week? Good weeks. Uh, for my teams thus far. Um, I, I know this is, I guess it's a good thing for now, but I picked fifth and sixth respectively in my league. So the teams are very similar. And thus far the teams have been good. So it's good that they're similar right now. A lot of the guys are producing, um, you know, a lot of guys stepping up. Some of the bigger names kind of being a little quiet to start, which isn't, you know, ideal, but uh, you know, I got faith in my team and uh, it's been uh, been fun thus far and it's only been one week so can't imagine how the rest of the season's gonna go now it's it's great to have hockey back a hundred percent awesome very nice very nice no yeah no you you kind of nailed it uh did you both like go to no i was one and one last week but uh my advice to like really everyone in week one is you know don't overreact right like it was a weird week schedule wise there were a couple days Mm -hmm. so there were no games on sunday you know games didn't start till tuesday there were the obviously the uh the games overseas in Czech Republic. Um, but, you know, just kind of a weird week schedule-wise. I, I, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock in. There were some slow starts from some big guys, you know, Matthews, Marner. I think you will start to see things over the next few weeks start to play out as we kind of anticipated. And obviously there will be some surprises, but, you know, it's it's just nice to have this back in our lives for sure. So uh, let, we got a nice little fun show for you today. Let's, let's really get right into it. And, you know, definitely a lot of news and some injuries the past few weeks or so. And, you know, we'll start with the smaller ones here and that are kind of game-time decisions. And uh, Pavel Buchnevich, he's a game-time decision tonight. Uh, it does sound like he's going to go, but you know, it's a wait-and-see there. Uh, Cam Atkinson, he is out with upper body injury. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's too serious, though, and hopefully he'll be back over the next few games. How about those Flyers, eh? 3-0. and Torts, man. Torts. Torts. He's got are we those. still connecting the over 55 points? Uh, I'm still taking the under. Because you know it's early and we'll we'll see, but 
It's looking good. You're, you're like I, I picked up Kevin Hayes thinking there could be a, a guy who could definitely get me over 50. Let's keep it going, though. Uh, Nick Ehlers, he blocked a shot on Monday. Uh, he is a game-time decision as well, but you know, it doesn't sound like he's too banged up. Uh, Jakob Vrana, Jace just kind of told me this a few. I knew he was out, uh, out indefinitely now, apparently, according to just what Jace just told me that the NHL tweeted out. Um, what's what's the issue? He's in the player assistance program right now, so there's no real timetable, but uh, just for the time being, he's been listed as out indefinitely. Interesting. Okay. Um, moving on, Alex, I follow. Um, right now he's listed on IR, so it's at least seven days, but it does sound like it could be closer to a month or so there. Uh, Nick Schmaltz, six to eight weeks. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the injury is, but definitely going to keep him on the lineup uh, for a bit. I don't think he's rostered in too many leagues, but he could could have been a uh, late-round flyer in definitely some of them. Uh, these are the bigger two, definitely, from the past week or so. I guess the, there's a couple big ones that happened today that we'll get into in a second, but uh, we're kind of running through these ones. And that's Tyler Bertuzzi. That's that's a tough loss, especially losing Brana too. And Detroit's looked pretty solid, actually, to start. They got some some fun guys this year and like Elmer Soderblom, that guy is massive, but you know, losing Verana, losing Tyler Bertuzzi four to six weeks kind of hurts them for sure. But uh, fun to watch Detroit right now. Uh, Patrick Line, he got hurt obviously in the first game of the year, really disappointing actually after he scored a nice goal. Then he, I think he sprained his elbow. Um, he looks like, I think the original time was four to six weeks as well, but I heard right. he is skating already and you know, it's a good sign, but I would imagine it's still going to be, you know, three, four weeks or so. A um, couple of the bigger ones that happened over the last week or so. Matt Murray, obviously, really couldn't imagine a worse start for him with the Maple Leafs. Really not a great game one. He wasn't terrible, but there were probably a few he would have liked back. And then, obviously, tweak something in practice. I think it's the groin uh, on the Saturday, and now he's on LTIR. So he's out at least for 10 games. Um, we'll wait and see if we get an update over the next few weeks or so there. But, you know, obviously we're Leaf fans, so we want Matt Murray back and flame good and getting uh, getting that mojo going again. But the other one, which is a bit, uh, I don't know how fantasy relevant it is. He's probably only in deeper leagues right now, but that's that's Jake Muzzin. Uh, neck injury, I know he's had concussion issues in the past, and um, they are going to take it pretty seriously. I, I, it's going to be at least seven days, and you kind of get an update there. But the way they're talking about it around, like Marner and Keith, they're, like, they're being very precautious about it, like, like a guy with this amount of history, I think they're gonna. It's gonna be. Oh, Marner made a comment like, if he's gonna play again this year. Yeah, I saw that. Marner was talking about life with his kids and his family. Like, I know. like, I mean, they were already making comments like that last year about his family and kids. Mm-hmm. But when, you know, it did the way he kind of when he got who did he run into? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Keller, I think. It was Keller. He kind of looked for dazed for a moment there on the ice. Like it didn't look good. Again, I don't know how relevant fantasy. I'm sure in like a, a bangers league, like he does have some value in terms of blocks and hits and stuff like that. And they used to put up around 35 points. I don't know how relevant he is now, but still it sucks yeah. to see, right? Like he might be yeah. when these things start reoccurring, then that's when it gets dangerous, you know? Exactly. So exactly. They're not gonna rush him back. Uh the big big two from the day, we'll get into the the first one here. Uh, it's tough. Gabe Landeskog, uh, knee surgery, going to be out at least 12 weeks. We kind of talked about this during draft season, right? Like he was going, I want to say in the first four or five rounds. And, you know, I just felt it was too risky. Like there were other guys there who I felt were better options, safer plays. You didn't know when Landeskog was coming back, which was kind of, it's kind of scary, especially when you're, you're dealing in the preseason here, when you should have some sort of timeline. And, 
And now you've, you've wasted almost a third, fourth round pick for a guy. You can't really, you're not going to drop him unless you kind of have to, and you need ro- roster flexibility, but you know, you're kind of just wasting the IR spot now. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing really you can do if you took him at that spot. You kind of have to just live with it. But you obviously know what he can do when he plays. It's just a matter of, you know, you got, instead of getting, you know, a whole season of Landeskog, you get three months of Landeskog, four months of Landeskog. Mm-hmm. You just have to kind of adjust and move on at this point. It's just being You're also crazy. getting three months of a Landeskog coming off of knee surgery and after a, a deep playoff run, right? Like, it's going to take him some time to get going again, too. Yeah, no, I think part he's probably in this position because of the fact that they were so successful last year. Like they can afford to take their time with him, right? Yeah. So due to that injury, uh, anyone on Colorado who you think could have like I mean, you've kind of thought about it already, just just draft season, but who's the big winner on Colorado from this injury, fantasy wise? I think we were already talking about Lekening because he was on that top line and top power play. I also saw something today about Nachushkin being bumped up to that top line. So I think that those two guys are the, the biggest beneficiaries of, of at least Landis Clark being out for some time now. Like, I think they're both really solid players. But um, I, I do think that, uh, especially Lekkinen right now, who's on that, who's trusted with that top line responsibility, at least from the start, and has been on the power play and has actually played pretty well to start the year, too. Uh, I think he's going to actually have a really uh, impactful season now for the Avs just because of, you know, the opportunity there. Opportunity. Opportunity and talent. We say it all the time. Mm-hmm. It kind of weakens the value of um, Georgiev a little bit. Like, you think I, so? I mean, they, they've, they lost Kadri in the offseason. Now they're losing Landskog, their captain, for at least three, four months. I know Colorado's still a, a juggernaut, but they're not – if you look at the lineup, they're not as deep when you consider those – you know, consider Landis Gog, losing Kadri. I know they still have McKinn. They still have McCarr. They still have Ranton. I get it. But I don't know. I just – I don't think they're going to be – like, how can you be as good when you lose someone like Landis Gog and you lose a 90-point productive season from Kadri? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that they're a little – it's the same thing every year at Tampa and Colorado. Like, everyone just – fans over these teams when you lose players you're not as good i mean tampa's been good for a while i get it but i don't know i just think they're a little overhyped right now no that's fair they're, they're not as deep as last year like i don't think anyone questions that but they still got some horses man and those guys lead the way like it's i just don't think they're gonna be you know that far of a drop off i don't know if they win the president's trophy again but you know, the, uh, on defense, it's it's relatively the same. I don't think any really big losses is there. If, if anything, they, they have Manson now for the full year. And That's true. Offense-wise, like, Nathan McKinnon, Nico Rantanen, those guys are elite, elite players. Kel McCarr is arguably the best – probably the best defenseman in the league right now. Like, they got horses, man. Like, I, I maybe they don't finish in, uh, first in the league, but I still finish see them winning their division. Like, I don't see it that big a drop-off. Fair. The other big injury from today, um, you know, it definitely has a huge fantasy impact, uh, is Aaron Ekblad. And we'll get into Ekblad first before we get into Montour here. Um, Aaron Ekblad was put on LTIR, so that's a minimum of 10 games. Um, it does sound like it's going to be longer than that from what Bill Zito was saying. Uh, I didn't actually see the play. I believe it's lower body. Um, but it doesn't sound like it's season-ending. So that side, obviously, it's good. 
Um, but this is a huge hit to fantasy managers who have Ekblad. And, and who are you guys looking at now as a, as a pivot? I mean, Montour was already sort of, he's not playing tonight, but he should be back for Friday. I don't know if now Florida is going to run with a five forward power play, but Montour is going to get a ton of ice time now. And so, is, you know, Forsling, those are the two major guys. Mm-hmm. And Forsling's, think- Forsling's really good. I don't think he gets talked about enough. Like he is, he kind of does it all. He, he can put up points. He skates well. He's, he's, he's decently physical. He's a good player. So I could see him getting a ton of ice. And on the note of the five player power or the five forward power play, um, they were running that this morning, and I believe it was Hornfist and, and Bennett uh, on that top unit as well. I would think that Bennett would probably get more value playing in the bumper spot than Hornfist is in front of the net. It's kind of been his role forever, but uh, those are two guys that, you know, obviously get a lot more attention now because of at least the current configuration. We'll see how it plays out when Montour's back. Like, I, I think they would probably use Montour on the top unit, but... Um, for now, I think those two guys are definitely someone uh, or names to look out for. They're probably available in your league, to be honest, or at least Hornquist definitely would be. Bennett, maybe not, but still, names to look out for. No, you're, you're not wrong there, especially for the time being. Um, my kind of my one point, I guess, on five, five unit or five forward power plays, like we've seen them in the past. They just don't really last. I feel like they've never given like consistent like time to really make it happen. And because of that, I just don't – I'd rather, like, go for, like like Steven said, with Montour here, who was already on the first power play. you you got to think he's going to be the guy there going forward. And and Gustav Forsling, I think he gets maybe an opportunity. I don't know about on first power play, but he's going to get a ton, a ton of ice time going forward. And, Steve, you're so right. Like, he's very, very underrated. Um, really solid player. I think those two are definitely the biggest benefactors of this. Um, the other comment I guess I want to make here is, I'm looking currently at the Florida defense pair, like defense grouping, like it's a tough look right now. Like I know Toronto, we're, we were in this Toronto media and it's all we hear about is Toronto defense has is weak, but you know, the top pairing right now for Florida is Gustav Forsling and Radko Gudas, right? After that, oh. it's Mark Stahl. I think it's Gabriel Carlson and then Josh Mahura and I don't even know the first name of this guy, Kierstead. Do, do you guys know? Uh, Matt Kierstead, I believe. Matt Kierstead. Like, that is a – that's a rough, rough Ooh. six, right? Ooh. Exactly. Exactly. I think there could be some big, big trouble happening in Florida the next next month or so, especially with uh, with Ekblad out. Like, this team could be dropping. You know what I was just thinking about? Why they may have been running a five-forward power play unit this morning is because Montour's not playing tonight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right, like I don't think it's gonna be. I think when he comes back on Friday, it'll go back to him on there. No, you're for sure. And Montour will still make it. Will still add back to the decor. You're probably seeing Kirstead in because Montour's out. Right. Um, but still, I mean, like, you know, even with Montour and you know, with no Uyghur, no no Ekblad, it's definitely two studs that you're missing right now. Right. Looking pretty thin over there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we got a, a question a few weeks ago. Well, not a question, more of a request, I guess, from our, our boy, uh, Evan Adler. Shout out, Evan Adler. Uh, avid listener of the show. We love it. Friend of the show. Um, talking about rookies and rookies to watch this year. And, and if there's any that are really caught in our eye and, and what we think that could be some sort of season long value here. So I guess my question to you guys right now is there, are there any rookies who really caught your eye, caught your attention over the first week or so? And, 
which rookie would you say has like some good potential for season long value? I'm a little biased here because I have him all my fantasy leagues, but I'm going to say Kalen Addison. Uh, he started off the season pretty hot, four points in three games. And I, I mentioned this name before because of the fact that he's playing on the top power play for the Minnesota Wild. And I do think that there's certainly a premium for playing on a power play with Krill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, Matt Boldy, some just studs offensively. And it showed. He's already got three power play points over the first three games. And, you know, uh, last game he stepped up the shots. The plus minus might not be there right now. The Minnesota defense has looked a little shaky, but I do think from an offensive standpoint, he's going to contribute. Um, he's going to play and he's going to, you know, he's going to be a presence on the power play. That's what they brought him in to do. That's what they trust him to do. And I think it's going to stay that way, at least with the, the uh, production he's putting up right now. There's, there's no reason to take him off from this spot right now. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, one thing you kind of said there is the defense has been shaky. I'm not even sure if it's been the defense. The goaltending the goal has been atrocious so far. Flurry. In, uh, in Minnesota. Uh, I do think it's going to get better. So I think those plus minus numbers would, should probably get a bit better too. But you're right, man. He's had a great start to this year. And I don't know why they would take him off the power play, especially when it's working, right? When you start, the, the argument is like, or at least the narrative is, when are you going to come off? And if you keep on producing... You know, at least game after game, you keep on solidifying your spot, right? And especially as a rookie with, with Spurgeon there knocking on the door, the more he's producing here, even this next little stretch to start out the season, the more confident I am that he's just going to become a, a stellar play, uh, at least for fantasy. I like it. That's a good point. I like it. Good point. Steven, who you got? Uh, Matty Beneers in Seattle. Scott, four points in the first four games. He's played – they have, like, a 1A, 1B line. Like, they don't really have a number one definitive line. Like, he's playing with Schwartz and Everly. Um, so, two, two players that you know can produce. He's on their second unit, but their second unit includes, uh, you know, Bjorkstrand. So, again, even their second power play unit isn't that much worse off than their first power play unit. It's a little bit worse, I would say, but the kid's good. He put up nine points in ten games last year, second overall pick. And he's get, he's being given an opportunity to 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 be able to produce with like some top line minutes. So I don't know. He, he's obviously skilled. Every time I watch him, he stands out. So just the not someone to watch out for is uh, Beniers. Honestly, Matty Beniers is filthy. Like you watch him play, and you're like, whoa, this guy is really really good. And like, I I am I'm a big fan. I am on board the Matt Beniers train and. Um, I kind of think there's a big three with rookies right now, and, and maybe it's a little early to be looking at the Calder race, but um, I think the big three right now for rookies in terms of fantasy relevance is Kalen Addison, Matty Beneers, and Mason McTavish. Um, Mason McTavish playing on the second line with Stroman Vetrano, first power play, getting about 15 minutes a night or so. We've seen what he can do already at the World Junior and Junior level, and, and even last year when he first got called up, like he had scored a few goals, like Mason McTavish is a good player. He's a good player. I think he could definitely provide some season-long value. And, and honestly, I see that ice time just getting more and more increased over the, over the uh, next few months, like similar to what happened with Zegers last year. Like um, Dallas uh, Eakins, head coach of Anaheim, he definitely loves to kind of ease these guys into things, um, not really bombard them with too much ice time right away, but wouldn't be shocked if we're, you know, a couple months from now, we're seeing him up to 17, 18 minutes a night and being a steady fantasy contributor. He comes across as a mature. 
like someone that can handle the extra huge yeah like he he doesn't look like a 19 year old 20 year old kid you know what i mean like so i could see it i do want to make him somewhat of an honorable mention to to owen power he's playing a ton of minutes like i think it's over 20 minutes a night right now he's a very good player just i like fantasy wise i don't know like what are we thinking this is is his ceiling here he's not going to be on first power play uh, he's on the second unit right now, but I imagine that first unit's taking up a majority of the time. What's his ceiling? I don't know. 25, 30 points. Like you even look at Deline, who has a I'm not saying Deline is any better than power, but Deline was definitely the more offensive minded player when he came into the league. Mm-hmm. And even on that, you know, even he didn't break like 30 points. It's hard for a rookie defenseman to break something the, that becomes the, fantasy relevant. The one difference is that Deline made the jump right away right that's uh, fair Owen Power One year young. yeah year. you're younger than him right yeah no it, it, Chase you're, you're shrugging but like it doesn't matter like physically like Owen Power played last year too yes but Owen Power played a few games towards the end of the year Rasmus Dahlin was coming legitimately in as an 18 year old defenseman which doesn't really happen very often Owen Power probably could have done it but you have another summer for for Owen Power to prepare for the NHL you can tell he's much more physically matured compared to where Rasmus Dahlin was coming into yeah. his second year. And I think they're going to play different roles, right? Like, yeah. I don't need – I don't know if uh, – like, to prove value to the Sabres, I don't think Owen Power needs to contribute as much offensively. Yeah. He's already a gifted two-way defenseman and who will probably take on big minutes and take on big pairings and is going to be a good player. Like, he's going to be good. He's a great player right now. Rasmus Dahlin, I think, is already a good player too. But in terms of the offensive upside, I, I would think that it lies more with Dalene at this point than, than with power. No question. No question. But we're talking fantasy value and what they could bring us for the rest of the year, right? Yeah. I think a ceiling, ceiling, right, of 40 points is where I'd go. I That's what I was going to say. I was going to say 40. All right. I mean, not, not really fantasy relevant, but that kid in Montreal looks pretty good. Gouli? Goulet. Yeah, no, Caden Goulet's been an excellent Gouley. start. Um, I just don't really know offensively if you know fantasy wise how much no that's why I said it. he's but he is uh, look good. He's no just he's, he's looked he's looked excellent in this first few games here. And you know, a couple other names who could be a little interesting. He's not really playing too much. He was a big stealer of mine in in uh in the preseason, but uh you could clearly see that he's already dropped a bit in the line. That's Alexander Holtz. Uh JJ Paterka has had a really good start. My only thing with Paterka. He's just not playing a lot. He's playing about 11, 12 minutes a night, not on either of the power plays. Just it makes it a bit more difficult. Very. Yeah. A bit, I, like, I just don't know how sustainable. You got, 14 minutes is usually the floor I look for in a player. That's like for fantasy. Maybe like a streaming opportunity, someone who's on a power play unit, but like 11, 12 minutes is tough. Tough, but he's contributing. He's putting up yeah, points. Yeah. He's got a few goals already, a couple assists. And it's definitely been a good start for him. Um, but I don't know how sustainable it really is. Just, just kind of throwing some other rookie names here, just for my boy, my boy Evan Adler, um, to see who else. Uh, you know, Shane Pinto is an interesting name. Uh, he's definitely getting a bit more of an opportunity. Um, but other than that, I'm looking kind of at the rookie scoring list here, and uh, there aren't too many names that stick out. Shane Wright's on the four. Shane Wright's on the fourth line. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even naming him. I think Shane Wright's going to be sent down. To be honest, well, um, how are we forgetting about the big name? The big. Slovakian out of Montreal. Haven't heard anything about him. He hasn't done anything. It's true. He's up to a slow start, but like, I mean, 
I don't think it's really unexpected. Yeah, I don't know if there's really like he's a crazy scoring expectations here for for your eye. I think like I think it'd still be best for him to go down, but I don't think that's gonna happen. They put him with the Billet family, I'm pretty sure. But like if he produces this year or not, it's really not the end of the world for Montreal. It isn't. But uh, I think it, I think for him, it's more just so about just completely growing this year, getting more accustomed to the NHL game. And I think next year they're going to have a lot more serious expectations for the team itself and for him. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So let's, uh, let's continue on here. Uh, obviously when it comes to fantasy hockey, waiver wire is where you can really do some damage, especially early in the year, because there's, you know, all the leftover scraps from the draft who haven't been drafted and, and you know, you see those week one performances and you're like, okay, maybe this is sustainable. Maybe this isn't. But, and with that in mind, I want you guys to you know, get, so I want one player each. Okay. One player on the waiver wire. So I'm going to say it has to be under 40% rostered and one player from the waiver wire who can give me season long value and one player you like for a remainder for this week in head to head matchups. David Krejci, 27% rostered. He's already got five points in four games. Taylor Hall's been a dud, but that line is actually producing, and he's gotten a couple of power play points already. He's only 27% rostered. And you know he can put up, but, you know, I think his last season in the NHL two years ago, he put up 44 and 50 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a steady guy that is going to have a good opportunity playing with pasta, and he's already off to a hot start. So it's not like he hasn't. He's just something that you should be looking at. The Bruins always seem to perform. He's on the top unit. The Bruins look like they're having so much fun right now. I don't know. I think the new coach, they're loving it. Like, it just seems like they're, they're you know, obviously they lost 7-5 last night, but they're off to a pretty good start. All their big boys are performing. Like, probably couldn't ask for a better start in Boston. Who do you got, Jace? So, uh, I'm for at least for this week, and honestly could have more value even for the next couple of weeks here. Uh, I like Gustav Nyquist. Right now, he's playing on the top line uh, with with Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner, kind of slotting in where Line A was. He could be a pretty big beneficiary of this trade. At first, they had Dan Forth in there, and then they moved him down, and now Gus Nyquist has been there. He's got three games for the rest of the week, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And playing on the Sunday, obviously, that off day, it's, it's certainly valuable. So that's a name to look at. And then in terms of season-long play, he's definitely I mean they've only played three games but you would hope to hear a little bit more out of him but Joel Farabee is a guy that I still like I think he's very skilled and um, he is back up on the top unit top power play playing with the you know the big dogs in Philly the potential 55 point getters in Philly so uh, I, I like Joel Farabee and, uh, you know, back with the opportunity again, I think he's going to keep on shooting. He's going to score at some point, And he's a guy I like for the rest of the year. But I even think Gustav Nyquist can serve you well for at least next month or so. Okay. I am going into the bag here, okay? We play in some deeper leagues, right? So when you go into that defense market, you're looking right now, it's definitely a little slip, right? It's, it's definitely hard to find. So I'm going to go with a guy who's 1% rostered. He's probably available maybe in every league you have. I mentioned him to Jace the other day. He's, it's definitely a deep flyer, and it definitely may not pay off. I, I, I will warn that. Uh, we will, we'll start with that. But Oh, my God. I know who it is. Oh, I my do, God. Him? I, I do really like what I'm seeing out of the, my boy, J.J. Moser in Arizona. 
Dude. And for is those of you who don't watch, is it, I see JJ. Maybe you want to go Jacob, but they're calling him JJ these days. So uh, JJ Moser. Oh, you're right. It is JJ. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a deep cut. This is a deep, deep cut. Yeah, three deep points in three games. He's played, he's played 27 minutes against he's Boston. averaging 24 minutes of ice time right now through three games. Okay, three I know power play points. Around. He's on the first power play. He's got three assists, three power play points. He gets you some blocks. During leagues that count plus minus, depending on how much, how influential it actually is on your scoring, um, obviously it takes a bit of a hit. Um, but this guy could have some season-long value. Who the hell is this kid? 22 years old. He played 43 games last year. Obviously not nearly as much ice time. Still played a bit, about 18 minutes or so. 15 points in 43 games. He wasn't on the first unit, though, last year. He's given every opportunity. We saw Ghost Despair put up 50 points. He's already having a great start to his year again. He is. Why can't J.J. Moser give you maybe 40-ish points? Like, is that out of the question? Well, so I mean, what? They're not, they're not utilizing Chitrin he's on hurt. the first unit? No, Chitrin is hurt, and I, I, I don't think he's necessary. Yeah, there he is skating again. I think with his teammates, but it's a bit of. A but I mean, I mean, like when, like when he comes back, then this guy's log jam behind Ghost Despair and and Chitrin. Well, I think when he comes like, back, they want to get rid of him, right? Like the whole point is, like, I don't think they're planning for him to stay the rest of the year. Like, I think they like him and the team. I think want to move on at this point. So, um. I think when he does come back, he'll get the opportunity, but I don't know if I necessarily see him for the full year at this point, at least from all the word that we've been hearing thus far. I don't really see them maybe throwing him back on PP one either. Like, I don't, I don't like if the guy's not going to be in your future, I know you want to get maybe his value up, but yeah, people already know what he brings to the table. Like, you know you don't brings, and if anything, if you want to just make, keep that value the same way it is, like don't play him. Right. Don't play him. People don't. People see. People base their 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 value on what they last saw. And last time you saw Chitrin, he had a rough year last year. But you know, it's a guy who can probably give you. You know, if he's healthy, fifteen-ish goals, around forty-plus points from your defenseman. He's a, and he's a probably a top pairing D. So yeah. that's great. But I don't know how much that's really going to impact my boy JJ Moser. JJ Goddamn Moser. It's like JJ Abrams. And I play in the two. Or my two deepest leagues are obviously the ones with you guys. So that's a that's a free one. You get you guys can have that one if you pick up JJ Moser. I won't be upset. I may be a little bit, but I'll get over it. Jacob Jacob Moser. Jacob, what is this, Jacob Goddamn Moser. Do you know what the JJ actually stands for? Jacob Goddamn. Jacob. Just joking. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just Jason Bourne. <laughs> So the other guy I wanted to mention who I think could be a good play this week, we'll get back on track here, uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand. I was just looking at his usage. You'd be surprised. He's only rostered in like 29% of leagues right now. And I know Seattle isn't necessarily the greatest of teams, but 29%. Oliver Bjorkstrand's a really good player. Um, averaging almost, I think it's about 19 minutes of ice right now. Getting a ton of shots, actually, looking at it here. Um, only a goal and assist so far, but I think there are pretty good days ahead. He's getting a ton of power play time. Um, really good schedule this week. He plays Wednesday, it's Friday, Sunday for the rest of this week. Um, I think he could be a good player for the weekend if he's available in your leagues. If like I, I, he always flies under the radar. Twenty eight goals last year. He shoots the puck. Oliver Bjorkstrand's been one of my favorite players in fantasy for the last couple of years. He's a consistently underrated. Um, a consistently underrated guy who always seems to play on low key teams too, with like Columbus and now Seattle too. He flies under the radar, but he is a great player. 
Um, by the way, I found JJ's real name. You guys, you guys want to know the, the real name, the real JJ? Jacob, Jacob? John, <laughs> John Jacob. Johnny Jerome. Johnny, oh. Johnny Jerome? Well, so we're definitely, not even, we're definitely not saying the last name correct. He's, he's, he's Swiss. He's Swiss. He's Swiss, right? So it's J-A-N-I-S. So I think that's Johnny Jerome. Johnny Jerome Moser. Johnny Jerome. JJ Moser. My hey boy. If you have a flyer, <laughs> pick up Johnny Jerome. Sound like something. That's exactly how Jeff O'Neill would say it. JJ Moser. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. Honestly, though, that like I, I saw those numbers the other day. I'm like, whoa, this guy could be a bit of an interesting player, especially our our you know our big league. Like we don't have plus minus as a stat. Like he's definitely a good little play there. You're gonna, you, you know, things are gonna happen when you play 27 minutes a game. So it's true. It's true. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap things up here. Uh, going back to a segment that we actually featured last season. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor here, Socking Behavior. It is a fantastic site. Avery, Steve, and I literally cannot wait till the end of the month until we get our, our dress socks. They are by far the best socks in the game, best designs. Best feel, best texture, best everything. They're the best. They are the best. It's the best. best socks in the game. The best socks in the game, hands down. Uh, you can visit them today, sockingbehavior.com. If you use the promo code PuckPod10, you get 10% off your purchase. And if you want 10% off any product, it's a socking behavior pair of socks. Mm-hmm. Especially their year-long subscriptions, too. Fantastic gifts. The best it goddamn is. socks in the game. The best socks in the game. All right, let's talk about some fantasy hockey. Uh, let's actually get into our sock and behavior studs of the week. Um, I guess we're going to be doing the first couple of matchups here. And a guy who's actually been, you know, really great from the start, somebody that we were all high on, you know, before the season even got going here. Um, Andre Burakovsky is a player that I want to highlight here. You know, to start off the season, he's got five points, four games. You know, he's got a power play point in actually every single game thus far. Uh, he's shooting the puck. He's getting ice time. He's involved. He's he's contributing. And I think he's trying to – they're leaning on him as much as, you know, what we expected. He's a top guy, and especially on that Seattle team where the offensive weapons, you know, obviously we got the Beniers, we got the Yorkstrands and McCanns and whatnot. But, you know, he's going to be leaned as a, a top offensive scorer on that team. And – He's proven that they've made a good investment thus far. So, Andre Burakovsky, my socking behavior stud of the week. Burakovsky on the road to 82 points. I love it. Steve, who you got? Mr. Matthew Boldy. Kid's a stud. He's got five points in three games. He had a low-key, a really good year last year, too. 39 points in 47 games. Um, but he's on that power play we were talking about earlier with Kaprizov and Zuccarello and Eric Sinek. It's a good – if there's one bright spot on the wild so far, these first three games, is their power play is actually going, and he's on the top unit. Um, yeah, Matt Boldy, five points, three games, 21 years old. Good for him. Matt Boldy is gross, man. Like, yeah. I said those videos from the first game. Those He had two goals in that first game, and they were both, like, nasty. nasty. Just nasty, especially that first one in tight. Oh. I'm a big, big Matt Boldy fan. I love the pick. Um, so when we did this pre-show and we were picking our studs of the week, I was looking. And obviously, I'm going to go stick with this guy. I do want to give a shout-out to one player because he's definitely 
exceeding expectations. Now he's a top 10 fantasy player. And now and that's Gabriel Velarde, four goals, three assists. Really, really good start to his season. Hopefully can continue. Um, but I think you got to give the start of the week to the guy who is the number one player in fantasy right now. That's Mika Zibanejad, who's had an unreal start to his year. Really, the the New York Rangers, they look they look really, really good right now. And that's being led by Zeba and Artemi Panarin. Zeba, though, four goals, four assists, five points on the power play, shooting the puck a ton. He's my stud of the week, baby. Honorable mention, I guess, to Artemi Panarin, who has 10 points and is leading the league in points. I guess that's something to be excited about. But Mika Zibanejad, he is, he's a stud. Another honorable mention to Steven Stammer. Six goals in four games. Guys, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. what is this? There's oh. so many studs, Jason. It's hard yeah. to pick one. Like, you each get one no. stud and one honorable mention. I thought that I was like the that. deal. I David, like you put in two honorable mentions. And you just got, and you were not saying any honorable mentions until Avery mentioned honorable mentions. Well, it's just because I'm looking here at, you know, the, you know, I just I go on Yahoo and I go last 14 days, last seven days. And I see Velarde. Velarde is ahead of McDavid right now in terms of points. Like, it's, it's crazy. Give an honorable mention to Jacob, Jacob Moser. Jacob uh, Moser. Like, I might get a Jacob Moser jersey. Like, I might have to. Or, or like, a jersey, maybe. Serious? I might get a jersey. If he gets over 35 points, I'll get a Jacob, John Jacob Moser jersey. I think 35 so, is too low. I would go, I'm going to go, I'm going to say over 45 points. There's say, no way he's getting 45 points. It's gotta yeah. be tough. It's Make gotta be tough. tough. It's gotta There's be nobody tough. Named, nobody named Jacob Jacob is getting over 45 points. <laughs> he's got the opportunity. He is kind of talented. We did watch that Leaf game. That's really the majority of the Arizona games I've watched this year. And he's, he's looks pretty decent. Not a bad player. Make Not a bad bet. player. Make the bet. What's the bet? What's the bet? Something to do with 45 points. He puts over 45 points. I will get the jersey. If he puts up un- under 38, yeah. you have to get the jersey. There's a there's a buffer zone. 38 to 45 okay. buffer. It's no man's land. Nobody has to get the jersey. So like, like, are you buying the jersey for yourself or for me? No, I'll buy it for myself. Okay. But like if he gets over 45, if it's if he gets over 45, honestly, I'll buy the I'll buy the Kashina with you. I'll like I'll buy it. Okay, deal. I just, I, there's no way Jacob Jacob Moser is getting 45 points. We play a crazy game, right? Fantasy hockey. You never know, baby. All right. 45, and I got it. I don't want 45. The whole point of this is I don't want to spend money on a JJ Moser jersey. I do. But (laughs) (laughs) the only time I would want to buy, spend money on a JJ Moser jersey is if I pick them up right now and I use them all year. You know what? You know what number he is? What? It's actually jokes. Guess. Uh, I don't know. 45. No. <laughs> that would be funny. He's number 90. You got a nice number 90 KJ jersey. What the hell is even that? <laughs> that you know, they get the purple Kachina. Maybe we'll see what the we'll see the reverse retros tomorrow. Maybe it's a nice jersey. You never know. I don't think uh, there's a number that sums up that player more than 90. I'm gonna get his AHL jersey. <laughs> Too soon, my friend. Playing 27 minutes a night. You're here to stay. Okay. All right. I think we've had enough uh, JJ Moser talk for one show. Uh, another fun one, guys. Another fun one. It's been a nice first week back. And uh, week two, it's definitely a bit more of a normal one. So 
hopefully uh, I, I, I'm actually playing Steven, so I was going to say hopefully we all get wins, but I, I hope, Steven, that you lose this week. <laughs> but other than that, guys, it's, it's been a fun show, as always, guys. And check us out, fantasyhockeynetwork.com. We're on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Tell your friends about the Puck Around podcast. You know, that's how we grow, right? Organically. That's what we're about here. As always, it's been a great show. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.